Alright, we should be good to go. Do you mind checking back on the audio to see if we're good? Oh wow, this eBay seller wants to give me a 15% discount. Hmm. Talking, talking, and I keep talking. <laughs> Definitely keep talking. While I sign up for this main scenario here, how long is it going to take? Less than five minutes. Really interesting. Yeah, I can. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I can hear myself fine. Can you hear me at least? Yeah, I know you too. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're good. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, cool, cool, cool. Gonna like that. Let me just share it out real quick and then, um, let's get started. So entertain the people. I will entertain the people, letting them know that it is Saturday, 16th, and the boy. We're gonna talk about some some absentees today. You know, gonna be marking them on the on the roll book. That's a oh no, that's a, that's a minus star, minus gold star for someone. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, hope everyone's having a great Saturday so far. Not much happened, but we got we got, we got some 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 little things to talk about. Maybe just have some good old fashioned fun. Maybe you know, a little bit of smoke for someone. I don't know. We'll see. See if this person this person can handle all the smoke. Am I right? Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> and we are here. That's a yawn. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. We are good to go. Let me just uh, tweet this. Or retweet. Retweet, tweet. Retweet, tweet. Retweet the tweet. Tweet, 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 tweet. Alright, there we go. I have my coffee too, by the way, so I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I know I don't sound it, but it's because it's Saturday. It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. And it's been, it's been a doozy. It's been a long week personally, but not so much gamely. Mm -hmm. Not too many games. All right, my man, you ready to get started? Ready. All right, let's kick it off. What's going on, everybody? To the Oh wow, look at this dungeon I just got into. Sweet! This is a dungeon that I don't really have to do anything in. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the 33rd episode of the Dual Shock and Sense Podcast. I am your host, the King of Kingdom Hearts and the Final Fantasy Fanatic, Macho. Joined here by my everlasting Boricua brother, Walt. How's it going? How's it going, y'all? Only the, the, the King slash Fanatic and the Manga Maniac, and we're missing... We're missing. We're missing right. one. We're missing our, our one musketeer. Well, as they'll say. Yeah. Our uh, our our Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? We, we're missing our Huey. That Huey, Huey is ducking, 
<laughs> I, I don't know i think um from what we got we gathered right is that he stumbled out of the the strip club again um yeah and Man, fell into the into the trash bags on the side he's just laying there just it's, still waiting for that uber i think so he's probably in that you see that gold frog suit that's on the screen right now he's probably in, yeah. he's probably in that i think he might have showed up in that and they try to kick him out but the thing is he, he wasn't having it right so oh, what he was what, what he was telling me in the dms at least and i can oh, neither confirm nor deny whether he actually sent these dms but either, either way he um yeah he stumbled out he went to the gold frog suit and he decided that he was gonna try and pick up some some person named Alexis Texas, I guess you could say. Um, Alexis Texas. Yeah, that's what he. That's what he said. That's what he threw out. You know. Um, and you know he just ended up getting kicked out, and he eventually you know got into some trouble, got into some trash bags, and I think he's still looking for his lost uh, pin that he had like on his gold suit. So. Oh no. Yeah, he said he wasn't probably going to be in the like, podcast. Um, politician pin. No, no, serious though. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. We have a lost member of the of the podcast, uh, but either way, we're gonna give you guys a good show. Um, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully Jay, hopefully Jay's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Jay, if you if you're watching this, if you got to watch this, uh, hope you're doing well, man. <laughs> we're here for you, buddy. Um, but yeah, we're, we have a good show for you guys. It's probably going to be a shorter show than, than usual. I mean, we'll see. Me and Walt can definitely talk up a storm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, we, we have a couple of topics on deck for you guys. Not much really happened during the week, honestly. Uh, it was pretty slow. It was kind of like one of those slow weeks in October where you're just waiting for stuff to happen. <laughs> in all honesty but yeah, regardless uh some stuff did happen walt and uh, i think we're going to start with first with what we've been playing and what we've been up to during the week in, ter- in terms of on your ps5 or you know whatever whatever you're playing so what you got for us well this week not much gaming on multiple multiple areas just on one console i've been touching my switch more Whoa. and pause <laughs> hey man, that switch it, it got switch it up every now and then. They they know it, and it it appreciates the caress. The hey, touch. you're right, you're right, you're right. I just say if you if you handle it right, it treats you right. Oh, absolutely, it's been treating me right with Metroid Dread, which I hear you've also mm. been touching on your end. You so you picked up Metroid Dread then? Yeah, I did. Ah, oh, sweet. And All right, cool. Yes, yeah, talk about it. It. it so far, I, I have. It's a very fast-paced game. I this is. I think I'm. I can officially say this is my first Metroid. I haven't really played any other Metroid ever, although I do have my uh, SNES Classic uh, with Super Metroid in it. I haven't really touched it. I've played other games aside from it, uh, but in this case, it is. I've always played Metroidvanias. You know, Hollow Knight, Ori. I've played. You know, I've played a. Uh, uh, Bloodstained, but I, and some Castlevanias, but I've never played a Metro game, and I've I am not too deep into it yet. I'm still getting used to it, getting used to the map, getting used to the enemies and the the, the mechanics of it all, because it's a fast-paced game. The, like Samus moves fast. Like I, I didn't expect her to just when when you walk, you don't walk. You're, you're dashing around, and I mean it makes sense. She's a bounty hunter. She wants to get shit done. Uh, but so far it. It's interesting because the the enemies that 
the first enemy that you like officially encounter that is an actual threat you absolutely cannot do any damage to it so it's interesting just finding ways to avoid and just platform as you're discovering new ground because i'm not too familiar with the area yet so as i'm escaping death i'm also getting familiar with my surroundings and and it's it's a fun it's a fun game i'm having a blast it's it's a lot of things coming together that i really appreciate so it we'll we'll see in a week when i get more into the weeds of it see how how it turned out but so far i'm having i'm having a blast but other than that i haven't really played anything else this week um but you you did mention that on the switch or nintendo spectrum you 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 got some stuff to talk about so i can't wait to hear about that uh why don't you tell the people too yeah yeah might as well right um so i have sold my old switch I am giving up Dang. on the Switch. I'm giving up on, on Nintendo's Nintendo. 2017's console. It's trash. <laughs> I hate it. Get that shit out of here. Only because I love the OLED Switch, man. I, I picked oh, that up man. during the week, and I love it. It's fantastic. Um, it is a worthy purchase. So the thing, so the whole conundrum that I was going with, uh, you know, getting a Switch, like, right, my excuse for getting a Switch our OLED Switch, was because I could sell my old one to GameStop and get some decent money out of it. I told you before, okay. you know, I, I already told you in the DMs, like, I got, like, at least 260 for my old Switch. So I basically, like, borrowed it for $40 for the past three or four years. That's a steal. Right. The only thing is, I couldn't get the OLED Switch at GameStop. I actually ended up getting it at Best Buy. So I still sold my old Switch in a couple of games, and I got, like, at least 300 bucks for everything. So all that money's gonna go towards games I was going to get anyway, right? Kana, Elden Ring, all that stuff. Lo and behold, I actually picked up two games during the week with that credit. I ended up, I ended up picking up Scarlet Nexus, and on PS5. Yeah, on PS5. Yep. And I ended up buying um, Metroid Dread. Now, I, I want to get more into Metroid Dread, but I'll talk a little bit more about the, uh, the, the console experience or the handheld experience here. Because, yeah, honestly, if, if you're not a handheld user, right, for the Switch, this is a completely meaningless buy. Unless you just want, like, a new updated dock, which, you know, is rumored to have, like, some updates that can be added to it. Like, the same way Switch had, like, randomly Bluetooth added in. But right. other than that, it's um it's a fantastic handheld just because the screen, honestly, makes all the difference when you're handheld gaming. It right. made the difference on PS Vita with the OLED Switch, and it certainly does make a difference with the OLED Switch here. Yeah, it's like it's night and day difference between the 2017 version and the one we got this year. Okay, when being handheld, of course. When being handheld, yes, yeah. The screen is makes all the difference, and absolutely the kickstand, man. The kickstand is one of the things I hated about the OG Switch. Yeah, it was just it really was, weak. It, yeah, it, to, to put case in point, yeah, to wrap it up in a nice bow, it's super weak, right? But this one here, it's way more rigid. It doesn't, it's not, it's not clicky. It's like way more of like a a hard push to actually get into the into the stand that you want. Right. But you can put it into any like form. Like you can actually extend extend the stand out to have it facing more low. You can, you know. Uh, make it like a medium like size i guess where i'm losing my 
boards here but you can basically just make it into any sort of like landscape that you want which is really cool because i definitely am in those situations where i'm at my desk so i needed like to stand a little lower or maybe if i have a little stand i could have the stand a little higher so that i can actually see more of the screen so as a handheld right. experience it's perfect yeah it's adjustable it's mm-hmm. perfect yeah you can adjust it in, in different uh different uh angles yeah yep yeah, yeah see yeah, yeah. thank you for see that's why that's why i need you on this podcast man you help me fill out my senses no. <laughs> i was also like I, I i knew i heard you and i'm like the, the word what was the word the, I, I know what he's looking for yeah um, yeah exactly but uh the that's my my and my situation i did mention last podcast that i am i am thinking about it now i never here's the thing thinking about purchasing something that's already like huge for me because i usually i don't even consider it if i'm not like even remotely interested in it that's why like i never i never was interested in the xbox scorpio back when i had an xbox one because honestly it i didn't really need it i everything i could do was on was on the xbox one and i didn't really i i didn't care for performance it was during the time where i hadn't really experienced 4k yet or anything so in this case i really need to measure the just the necessity that i have with my switch which currently i use it more dock than i do handheld but there could be a time where like i decide to use it more handheld and i get to game more because i'm out of my room i don't know i'm around the house that's a huge difference you know just yeah having it around the house and i don't know i want to go to to the living room or something and not just stay locked in into my in my room um so i would probably i probably do the same as you and trade in mine because it would make no sense to have two switches but again it, it i'd have to think about it because the switch i have it's a the mario odyssey edition which i appreciate a lot but i don't know if it's if i appreciate it enough where it merits me keeping it when i can have like an upgrade but again it, it depends it depends. Yeah, you have a bit of conundrum with you then. Because it's the same with, like, you know, it, it depends, I guess, with your affinity for Mario Odyssey and that Switch, you know? Because the collector in you is like, man, you can't really find it anywhere else. And it's, it's a nice Switch, but at the same time, it's not really doing anything for me, you know, <laughs> down the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... And there's an upgrade. Like, there's a Switch other that actually has an upgrade, you know? Yeah, like, and it's are... it's a worthy upgrade for a handheld user. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. There's benefits to it. And I don't know. It, I think once once I pick up my Switch, like, from the dock mode and I use it handheld and I start looking at, like, Metroid Dread on the handheld mode, I'll, I'll start imagining how it looks on the OLED and then I might, like, be swayed more to do that move. Uh, I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Yeah, even just playing like Radius Attorney, which like the colors pop and the the background environments are really nice, and you know everything about that game is like visually appealing. And it was on the Switch, but like seeing it on like the OLED, but like the colors are even more pronounced, and the screen is just wider, and it just looks sleeker. Like the console just looks sleeker, and everything just looks like a nice nice more uh packed piece and presentation right right it's it's worth it it's worth it it's it doesn't it doesn't feel and look like a toy anymore it looks like a sleek like like gaming handheld console 
that's the idea, right? That's to, for it to feel like. What, and if it, if you're comparing it, you know, you, you mentioned the Vita, and you mentioned how this Switch does justice to that display, because again, it is an OLED. I am, I love my Vita. I love how it feels, how it plays. So having a Switch and dude. I, I get to replay. I would definitely if I get a Switch OLED, I would definitely replay so many games. Like even Odyssey, I would go from the top and play uh, Super Mario Odyssey and just see the beauty of that game in handheld OLED mode. Yeah, be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to playing. Like I think my fiance, she has Breath of the Wild and stuff like that. So I'm kind of excited Ooh. to like like boot that up just to see how it looks on the OLED. Because there's certain games I have on Switch that I also have on PlayStation, like Child of Light, Guacamelee 2, um, a couple other like like really like cherished indies that I have. I have both, I have both on PlayStation and Switch, so I, I just Which, go to my PS5. If I want to like boot up Guacamelee, but like something like you know Mario Odyssey or um, even Xenoblade Chronicles and like even Metroid Dread, right? You, all that stuff you can only play on the Switch, you know. Absolutely. Dude, and, and you mentioned a game there that I usually don't hear people talk about it much. Um, and I really want the people listening, if you haven't played it, Child of Light, that mm. is a phenomenal game. Gem. Gem. Underrated it's, gem. It's, it truly is an underrated gem, hidden gem. It's it's the most unknown gem. Because truly, it, you, don't, you don't look at Child of Light like out of, out of like, just the cover and like getting treat with playing it because it doesn't really it doesn't do anything mind-blowing when you look at it but when you play it when you actually like get to know the characters the the music oh my god oh my god the music yeah the music is incredible it is phenomenal and the story it's 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 a it's a rhyme right it's like all dialogue is in rhyme it's like poem kind of like yeah which you so, think would be annoying you know after a while do it well yeah it, it doesn't really overdo it like there's there's a magic to that game that can't really be explained unless you play it absolutely and like if if y'all haven't played it like definitely check out child of light it's it's everywhere it's on pc it's on switch on playstation i think it's also on is it on xbox it's on xbox right yeah i, I wouldn't see why not yeah i wouldn't see why not yeah yeah it's, it's check a, it everywhere it's a like Anywhere you you most feel comfortable playing it, that's the, it. Definitely is a a handheld type game. So yeah, yeah. Oh, if only if only Ubisoft would actually greenlight that sequel, but that's whole another oh, issue. Man. Um, but yeah, but back back on back on the OLED Switch, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a worthy upgrade. I'm really enjoying my time with it, and um, it just it plays great. And the only one thing for you know for for potential buyers. Um, you might need to do a little research on like if you have a specific like attachment to your switch because some things might not fit since the OLED switch is a little like a ta- I think it's like a millimeter or something like that bigger than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had my original case and it fits in pretty perfectly. It's 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 a a tad snug, but not enough for it to be like it had to like struggle to get it out of the case. So. Okay, that's a good point. That's that actually. I'm gonna be checking my, because I have a little case, a little, a little back where I would carry my, where I do carry my switch if I'm going somewhere for for a while or whatnot. Yeah, gonna, if you have like a, if you have one that's like if like your your switch fits pretty snug in that one already, you might want to look into getting another one. Got it. Yeah, 
that's a good point. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that because I mean, it's a, there's so many accessories that one buys throughout the years when when having a Switch because it is a mobile, a mobile games, uh, handhelds, uh, console. So. Yeah, yeah, but your your yeah, Hori your Hori Pad Pros will, will work on it. Um, it works with mine. It is okay. perfect. Um, you obviously, you get a screen protector for it. Um, yeah, for even sure. if it has like the little like layer of protection, I think people were saying I forgot like the actual like how it's actually protected the screen, but it's not like real protection. So that get a screen protector for it. Okay, okay. I mean, hey, always, I always, any console, any handheld console with a screen uh, that is, it doesn't matter if it's OLED or AMOLED, like phone or not. I'm always. What I hate about like some phones is the curved screen, screen so I can't really put a, a protective, like reliable um, fiber, what do you call it, temper, temper, temper glass? glass? Yeah, that's yeah. what I have on my Switch. Yeah, yeah, so that that's the one I have for my Switch, but on, on my on my phone, since I have an Android, the Android I have I still has the curve, so it, it's annoying because it falls off, so I don't really have a cover for that, so I'm glad that the the switch OLED, I mean, it's gonna have a million different types of screen protectors, so that's good that I have the options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, if anyone wants, if you want a recommendation or someone, if anyone wants a recommendation, I literally buy it from the same uh, product manufacturer. I bought it for the switch. I bought it for my phone. Um, I think I bought like one for iPad for my mother as well. But uh, it's it's literally the same manufacturer. Like ten bucks for a pack of three screen protectors, and they're great. So. Tight, tight. Yeah, so if anyone needs recommendations, just hit me up on Twitter. You know, I'll link you. For sure. But with that That's said, that OLED. Well, well, with that said, Metroid Dread. Ooh. You gave a little bit of your impressions on on your time. How how long how much have you actually been? Uh, how long have you been playing it? Actually, I want to say. Do you know how many uh, hours you put into it? I put in cumulatively. I'm gonna say <clears throat> maybe two hours. Not much. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. What about okay. you? What about you? I got north of three hours, I think. Okay. I, I got it on Wednesday, so I, I, I put some time into it since then. And, yeah, I agree with you 100% as far as, like, it's it's definitely, like, a, it's a speedy game, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost mm-hmm. Sonic-like in a sense. Yep, that's a good point. Yep, it's it's... Tone it down with Sonic, and you'll get Metroid Dread's just pace because it is fast. She moves fast. She's yeah. athletic. Yeah, it's it's. But the thing is, too. I mean, how many bosses did you actually beat? Do you know? Do you, like? Did you beat one boss or two bosses? Like, what's what's the I think, count? I think here? I've beaten one. I think I've beaten one. Okay, I just beat the third boss so far in my playthrough, but I got to the fifth or sixth area of the game. Okay. And it's it's definitely a, it's, it's you move fast for a reason because you're doing you're going to be doing a lot of backtracking and just going mm. really back over between these these different areas. But I love how it kind of breaks the mold a little bit with its platforming and its Metroidvania s, where because usually like in Metroidvanias you go from what you explore one area then you then you go you eventually you're gonna co- go back to that area, but Metroid Dread makes it sure that like. It, it, it definitely breaks my expectations where like I feel like I should be exploring this area more but it wants to teleport me to the next area pretty quickly anyways 
and you okay. just you just gotta go with the flow. You just gotta go with it. So whenever I'm going to room to room to room to room to room, and it wants to tell me teleport me to the third area or to the second area, I'm like, okay, cool. And then eventually, I like I I just stumble upon my path there. So you just really just gotta go along for the ride in that sense, where you don't have to worry about like ah, oh, but I want to get more to this area or I want to see this area a little more. Like no, just go with it. Because eventually you're going to get like all those abilities where you're going to go back to those areas you wanted to go to initially. And right. you're going to have all new abilities to find, you know, all the secrets and the changes and all that kind of stuff. Okay. okay. So with that pacing, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic game. It's one of my favorite Metroidvanias that I've played so far. And um, I, I it makes me wish Nintendo would just really make Metroid a cash cow franchise. Because Samus, dude, is just a badass. Dude, the I love how seamless She's the so cool. are when when you like go up up a up a I don't know like a platform and boom you get a cutscene and an event happens and then it transitions immediately into gameplay like it, it all it's also so cinematic uh, so cinematic and when and just as fast as you walk through the map. That's how fast she reacts when getting attacked or like when engaging an enemy in a cutscene, because she doesn't hold back. Like if an enemy starts attacking her, you'll see her jump up, shoot this rock, falls on the enemy's head. She grabs the head, the the enemy pulls it on the ground and blasts the head away. Like she is on top of shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is too, when you get more into the game, and you fight the other bosses or you come across different cutscenes. Um, you you will see how much of a badass like she like she carries like she carries her own. You know what I mean? Like excuse my excuse my vulgarness. She has big dick energy. <laughs> like like you you can see in the way she carries herself and the way like she's so sure of like her abilities and what she can do, which rightfully so, right? Because she been doing this for a while. She's been doing this for a while. She's a veteran, right? And uh, it's 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 also like a master master stroke on Nintendo's part here of the silent protagonist being the absolute best. Oh, absolutely. Because usually, the the only I don't I don't have many memorable like experiences with a silent protagonist. Like, and I mean, to the T, like silent. You don't even have dialogue options. The only one that I think about that is remotely like close to being yeah badass i guess in a in a way but not in the the samus is a badass to where she carries her own and she she's taking she's assertive as hell she's take making those decisions and she's doing things how they should be but when i think about like dead space you, you don't see isaac clark like deciding to do something he's always being instructed by someone he's being told by his uh his colleague on the interface like oh you need to blow up this hive or oh you need to check out the the, the medical area and get these supplies like you don't see him making decisions but with metroid dread it's interesting because samus even though you're controlling samus she's making those decisions you can see her like yeah i meant to do that you know what I yeah mean? exactly <laughs> exactly yeah as i'm saying like in different cinematics you're gonna see that you're gonna be like oh my god we need a Metroid movie or something, cause like this girl is, like this 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 Space Ranger is awesome. Like she is super cool. Which not to go on that tangent, but 
like quick pitch, who would you cast as like Samus? Oh, um, like on the top of your head, who you see in in that suit? That's a good question. Uh, if not, we can simmer on that, and we can like pitch that again when Jay's here and like next yeah. weekend. Yeah, I need to simmer on that one. I need to simmer there's on that a, one because there's there's, there's, a, there's a quite a couple in my head, but I can't pinpoint names right now, so I need to look it up. It's a big role. It's a big role. I can imagine Hollywood just going like how they did with Ghost in the Shell. I know Jay would be so pissed because like he, I know he didn't. It, it, I don't know if he dislikes the actor per se, but I know that Ghost in the Shell wasn't like like a, like a like true Ghost in the Shell live action adaptation. It was more like a, it's a, its own thing. Yeah. So like, I can see Hollywood going like, Samus. Oh, just put ScarJo in there. You know, like I can <laughs> no, see honestly... them. Just... <laughs> Which uh... is not a bad pick because she is a badass. But like, yeah, do people not would would people be like, I mean, but she's in everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's see. The first two that come to mind, um, Nicole Kidman. Ooh. Because okay. she, she, her, her face and her eyes, like, like she has such an expressive face. Yeah, and that's and it's it. it's really all you need with Samus, at least like, for like maybe like a movie or even Metroid Dread, you don't really see like her face. You see her eyes and her expressiveness in all 720p glory, um, oh. <laughs> but you still see like she's like really expressive when they show like her eyes and stuff like that. And Nicole Kidman right. is like a master for that. The only person. Absolutely. That I can like contend with for her would be Kate Beckinsale. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I like that. You see, that's like, but that's like, they took their time to like think about it, and then they were like, okay, I ha- I know who we can cast. When I think about, you know, live action adaptations, and, and I think Monster Hunter, it's like, how did we like? Not that Mia Jovovich, she's a not that she's a bad pick but like the movie itself you know it didn't it, it didn't click the way it, it monster hunter movie should have clicked so like when thinking about a, a a video game adaptation i in this case being a female lead <laughs> i don't know why in my mind i'm like they're probably gonna go with scarjo and like and i'm not i'm not like slandering her because she's a great actor like i i like her and her stuff but i don't know like it it, it feels too easy you know yeah yeah, yeah, I know. That's 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 why like Nicole Kidman kind of stands out to me. Yeah, and that's a good pick, honestly. That is a good, great pick. But we'll we'll go on more in that, like maybe next week or when Jay's here and we can go more into that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We can go cast that and talk more about like just live action adaptations in general. That's a good topic for a later podcast. That is a good topic, actually. That'd be a good one. Um, we'd have to keep it in our back pocket for when we have slow weeks like this one. But I mean, regards, yeah. Um, so the see the other element of Metroid Dread that I'm really surprised by, and I yeah. absolutely love, and it's something that you can I think you can you've probably been seeing like very, very little of because since you're like you know you just started, but you can get hints and bit and bits and pieces of it, is the horror aspect of it. Yes, it's I, I, it's so Resident Evil. It's very Resident Evil, and it's very. It's so not. It's not obvious, because when it's just like Resident Evil. Because when Resident Evil, you enter a hallway, right? You get the loading screen, the door opens, you go in there. The, it, there's no music. There's no indication. There's only growls. 
there's only like the 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 presence of the of the entity just like in metroid dread when you enter you know the 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 film grain area the more like it, it, there's no it's just an indication it's like a very low key just so, of sound design of the area but it's because the thing that's following you is a, a, a robot and and it's giving all these beeps and boops and all these yeah it's a killer robot just, just looking for it's a killer robot and, and and you only hear the scanner there's no like like indication that you're dying that you're going to die you just hear a scanner and like the the radar around it and as soon as it sees you you you'll feel it you do feel the 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 danger the urgency yeah my heart starts racing absolutely and that's what you want you know you don't want to be like oh i can just jupe it and just do this and that no it's like it keeps you on the edge and that's that makes sense why she moves so fast as well because they they don't mess around. They're not slow. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that crazy timing for the parries, right? That, yeah. that is such a hard luck timing. I was like, all right, I got to practice this. So I kept dying in the first part over and over and over just to time it. And you really can't, man. Like, you're just going to be beating your head against the wall. You like, you really had to base it on luck and just rapid, rapid response of whether you can actually counter this counter this uh, robot or not and every time that i and at first i was like oh, why would they do that and after i was i kept playing it and i'm like you know i get it i get it <laughs> i get it <laughs> because once because once you actually do counter the thing after like you know your heart's racing you finally get caught and then like oh god i got i got a counter and then you once you do it and you like you feel so accomplished and like you just got away by literally like a thin hairs like like you just got away and you're trying to figure out where to go next after you counter it there's nothing else like it that feels like that does it it's rewarding as heck and and it make even the game uh with, with the computer adam even it, it's like you have a 99 percent <laughs> chance of dying when trying this yeah so you literally have a one percent chance of being able to it, it's a luck it's it truly is because with enemies do you have an indication right it flashes there's a flash there there's a oh for the counter yeah yeah but with the, this robot with the emmys it's like you better hope you press that shit correctly <laughs> yeah exactly we telling you exactly you know? yeah they, they they just get meaner and badder like the more you go on and it's it's Makes fantastic sense. yeah that's that's the other element of metroid dread that like i'm really loving and the thing is too is like there's one of the reasons why like, I think like Metroidvanias in general just have some sort of magic to them yeah. of like the map design. I can't like I can't begin to fathom designing maps and in a Metroidvania. I really can't. Right. Because the amount of like layers of depth and like we this so this area is gonna lock this area and this area is gonna lock this area and to make it like all feel intuitive and feel like you're discovering it and feels like you know it's it's to me it's magic it's one of the reasons why i love like the old resident evil games too or even resident evil 2 remake Mm -hmm. because for some reason those games are sort of like metroidvanias too in their own way just 3d environments yeah and like the way they just operate is just magic and metroid dread has that magic where like even if you're stumbling upon stuff 
you feel like you're discovering you feel like you're making progress and on top of that you're added like this extra horror element that feels very resident evil 2-ish and but it feels different from other metroidvanias that you've played it's fantastic i love it there's 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 a there's a there's a there's a peak in game design and the in and in games that consist of one area and and again metroidvanias yes they have multiple but when i mean one area it's still one area why because when you play the last of us once you beat an area you don't go back there you you keep pushing you keep mm-hmm. moving forward but in metroidvanias in metroid castlevania in hollow knight in ori like you have an area and you're staying in that area and you're just backtracking going back and forth and the area is always changing and that's what's so magical when in resident evil you you're playing it's the first time right now we know you know now we know resident evil like at least the remake the the original one the the uh the og one you now know you know the what to expect from from going deeper and deeper into the story but back then how the hell were you gonna know that you killed a zombie and it's not really dead? Once you get a certain past a certain point, those zombies, if you didn't burn them, they're gonna get back up. And you're gonna yeah. have the same zombie walking in that same hallway. You know? In one at one point you're gonna see hunters. At some point you're gonna see some bees. You're gonna see some spiders. Like it it's an ever changing environment, but it stays the same at the same time. Just like Resident Evil 2 Remake. There's this hallway. There's no zombie. You kill it. You can go back and forth, back and forth in that hallway. You're going to be good for the first two, three, four hours. Fifth hour, there's two Lakers in that hallway. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's that type of game design that I I absolutely love. That's Hollow Knight is so magical in that sense. Because, like, after a certain point, there's a thing that's like corrupting the environment and you see these blisters just appear throughout the whole map these orange oh, yeah. blisters yeah and everything is corrupted the enemies are tougher it's it's amazing it's incredible and and I love when games do that whether that be Resident Evil so when you say metroidvania like kind of aspect in my mind I'm envisioning just a, a, a constant environment that is constantly in, uh, evolving you know what yeah, I mean yeah and it's addicting because like you it's like because you, you love like you're you're curious about this new environment so like you keep exploring you keep exploring and then you find things new and then you come across like and the thing is like with metroid dread you get that you, you get that full space and when you come across these bosses it's very old school like where these bosses are like they feel larger than life and like you're in them forever but because it took a while to get there and you have the, now this challenge to overcome but that's where Metroid Dread is a little more forgiving, where like you do have your checkpoints, you have your wealth of save points. But when you come across those bosses, it's like get ready, because you're you're in for a ride, you know. Yeah, and that's the idea, right? There was this uh, who was it? I think it was David Jaffe. It was someone that mentioned how. Why are we still? Or no, no, it was uh, uh Gary Witta, I believe. He he was talking about how. Why are we still doing boss battles, right? How is that still like the end goal of a level of a of a video game? You know, whether that be like even from Last of Us to Metroid, you do have boss battles or like 
poured battles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting because you mentioned how they feel larger than life, and I think that's the idea behind boss battles when done properly. Sometimes boss battles just feel like a big enemy with a big health bar and good luck. You know, just hit away. But when it's done like Shadow of the Colossus style, when it is a challenge, it is an entity that reigns over everything else that you fought until now. When it is this just ultimate just peak of a predator that's roaming these vast lands. Like in, in, in Link's, uh, the last, uh, not last, uh, fucking Breath of the Wild. When you're exploring the environment, there's no real boss. You're, you have big enemies, you have stronger enemies. But when you go into these fortresses, into these dungeons, and you actually fight a boss, they don't even feel of this world. You know, they're technologically yeah, advanced, yeah. they're flying, they're corrupted, they're... <clears throat> You're like, what the hell? Like, this is a challenge, you know? And yeah. I think mm-hmm. Metroid, with just its enemies, with the Emmys, that's not even the boss, it's it's succeeding in that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, and It's amazing. It, and after a while, it does take a turn, and there actually is some story in it, you know? And it's it's interesting. Ooh. So uh, it. I'm Love loving it. my time on Metroid Dread. I can't wait to actually play more. I do need breaks from it every now and then because it does feel a little not stressful but like i'm always on the edge of my seat when i'm playing heck yeah so i can't really just binge it and i need like i could do it for like a couple hours or you know an hour and a half to two hours and i'm good and i'll come back to it a little later and and a quick thing you know before we we uh because we're already you know we we the the podcast we usually separate what we play from the topic but in this case we're merging the two because the topics do involve things that we played uh, like the OLED and Metroid, uh, but to add to that, because I I did play like an hour of of a demo of a game. Uh, you spoke of horror. Um, Tormented Souls, I believe, is the name of the game, mm. and it, it's on PlayStation. And it is, and homage homage to old school you know like resident evil survival horror uh fixed camera angles and just ever evolving you know speaking of evolving environments uh i i gave it it was a night it was a night and i and i i was playing it i was not i was like forcing myself to play it because i was like i downloaded it i want to try it but i wasn't really in the group but i'm gonna try it again talk about it more next week maybe uh as we're getting near halloween because Thinking about it in hindsight, there's some promising things about that game, but there are also some things that are frustrating as hell. Like, Safe Point was so far, so far, and the, the combat is a bit janky. So when you die out of bullshit, and you have to go back like a half hour's worth of work, it can get frustrating. So I'm like, I need to be in the mindset to talk about it more, but just know that uh, I, I want to. Oh, and the list of horror games. I'm gonna have that ready for next podcast when Jay's here because I didn't get to say it for today for to give y'all a game to play for for horror. Um, but I'll do that. I'll do that later. I'll yeah, I mean, my 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 mind just be uh, Metroid Dread. Honestly, that game is <laughs> that, that game is definitely horror. And um, I'm playing through the Castlevania games. And yeah, I, I, to be honest with you guys, I I wouldn't be going through those Castlevania games if it wasn't for that quick save feature. Cause those games, uh, 
Those games yeah. are those games are hard as balls, dude. Um, Let me tell you, man. Especially Castlevania games. Three. The Castlevania Three has yeah. a has a has a dumb uh, difficulty spike, like a third, like the last third of the game. And man, I was quick saving like crazy. I, I ended up beating the game still, but like I definitely abused that quick save feature because it was definitely just kicking my ass. But great game. But yeah, Castlevania Three was like one of the hardest ones I played so far. Dude, those games are so like old school hard. So there's a thing there's old school hard but like sometimes it it's so not fun castlevania at least it's fun oh and yeah 100 like, it's it's, 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 it's so fun and it's an interesting concept in of a, in of itself and, and it it's a formula done well but when a game is hard old school hard and it's just god damn no like like it's, chal- it's challenge it's challenging but it's, at the same time i'm having a lot of rewarding. fun yeah, it's completely rewarding. Yep, it's a balance you have to strike that not all games, you know, like for at least for us, I don't know you, but like Dark Souls, it's like the perfect blend of that of of hard. It can get hard, but the reward, oh my god, that that defeat, that it feels all the all the sweeter when you succeed in that. But some games, when you beat when you beat a game that's hard and you you don't even feel rewarded, that's the worst kind of game. I, I don't. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's what I don't get from the Castlevania games, surprisingly. But also at the I same time, that. I think that's because I'm not backtracking a hundred thousand times after I die. <laughs> so yeah, I I, no. I I think I think that's a big part of it too. So absolutely. Um. <laughs> yeah, Metroid Metroid Dread, man. Yeah, no, it's yeah. So Metroid Dread, yeah. So back to Metroid Dread, yeah. It's it's fantastic. Definitely, uh, definitely pick that game up. Um, I think it's worth the price of entry, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely, I agree. And yeah, so that's actually what are you talking about now? Let's talk about a little bit of Final Fantasy IV. Actually, uh, well, that, is that it? That's all you've been playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really touched much else. Just uh, Metroid and a little bit of Tormented Souls. Okay, yeah. So um, I guess I can get into a little bit of what I've been playing besides Metroid Dread. Um, so yeah, I mentioned before I picked up Scarlet Next on PS5. I ended up liking the game so much, Walt, uh, that after putting 10 hours to, onto it on PC, I was willing to, to get the PS5 game that actually runs at 4K 60 FPS, mind you. Oh, man. On PS5, and I'm playing through it again. Um, I'm playing through the first, like, the, the first six chapters I stopped on PC, and I'm just gonna play on PS5 and get all the trophies, man. It's, it's a really great game yeah the the story is 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 good the story is really good i like it it's it it has some weird twists and turns by the time i guess like the fifth chapter and such like that and but like i'm along for the ride like i love the sci-fi adventure i love these characters the combat's really fun um again i I don't think it's as fun as tales of rise but regardless it's like a such a great game that i'm willing just to play it on ps5 and just go from there it's 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 honestly like hitting like my top favorite games of the year. It like don't be surprised if it's like in my top five. I mean, it, it in general, it's been it's been a, a very, I'd say, not weak year, but definitely not as as abundant as other years. And in this case, at least for me, and you know, I've played games that have haven't necessarily come out this year, and I'm like enjoying so much. But Scarlet Nexus coming out this year. And Tales of Arise, and it it just got me in that JRPG mood, just hack and slash and anime mood. So, 
like it, it's so fun once you once you play tales of arise if it clicks you place you itch for something not too different but something a little bit you know it, like scarlet nexus what that's also a bit familiar like tales of arise and it just clicks so well yeah, and it does. It does. It's as I was saying before, where I was gonna play East Eight, but it felt a little too similar to Tales of Arise. Yeah, Scarlet Nexus is definitely giving me that like that great cal- uh, palette cleanser, and um, it's yeah. I I'm a, I can't wait to play a little more of of it. Um, I don't think I'm the thing is I'm not rushing these games either. Like I definitely want to like give it time of day, and uh, just really enjoy it. Um, so especially before all Endwalker comes out next month for me. Um, Absolutely, man. Gotta yeah. play that Strangers of Paradise. No, no, I deleted that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, the trial, the trial already like finished. I, it was like only like a week trial, and I, I just realized it when they, you know, they tweeted about it, and I was like, ah, okay, well, we kind of missed out. Oh no, oh no, we missed out. Oh no, really? <laughs> we, we missed out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <Delete>. <laughs> but yeah so I've been, I've been playing scarlet nexus a little bit yeah. so my week's been scarlet nexus metroid dread and another great game waltz that's absolutely capturing my heart and soul which one lost judgment Oh man, them knuckles are getting on some. Yeah, the knuckles are getting on some bullies. That's right. <laughs> oh man, the knuckles have been they, they've they've been redeemed. They they are happy. So so legit, you can beat up some high schoolers. Um yeah, you're being a basically like high school bullies that are kind of like tied to um some nefarious gangs. Yeah. Dang, like yakuza and such. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Damn. But um, but yeah, I mean okay. the things the things I played Judgment One. Have you played Judgment One by any chance? I have. Yeah, I'm actually. I, I didn't play this week, but I am getting through it. Okay, so yeah, so the thing is, like, with Judgment One was that I didn't, I liked it, but I wouldn't play it again. Like oh, I, okay. like I, I had my fill with it, and I thought it was good for what it was, and it was it was a great story. Love the characters, but I didn't feel compelled to keep really, you know, really keep playing. Or even to like pick up the PS5 version. Okay. But with Lost Judgment, man, it is like flipping the script. It's like a 180. Like it, it answers like all of my not answers, but like it completely completely resolves like all of my problems I had with the first one with story pacing, and even some dialogue here and there, and just like basically how the world's presented to you and like why you should like care about keeping keeping exploring and getting invested and even doing like all the mini games that seem pointless but you know are still a lot of fun. Um, right, right, right. Law's judgment just completely eradicates like all my worries with that from the first game. Dang. I love the story. The characters are great. Um, the the even the the mystery that's going around with like these high schoolers and how it ties to Yagami and really like what's going around with this other parent that was arrested for. Um, he is in the beginning of the game. He was arrested apparently for. Uh, for groping a woman like on a train station but okay. it actually turns out that he's he might be tied to this murder that's actually uh tied to this previous high school bully or alleged high school bully that 
and 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 the killers or you know the, the guy's son like it's like it's crazy i don't want to get too crazy into it, as why i'm being super vague on it <laughs> but right 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 regardless like there's like a lot going on here and it's a ton of fun just to like see it kind of all unravel and uh where it's gonna go next and on top of that like yeah. the side content it's really good too like it's it's actually a lot of fun and the characters are great i'm i'm really enjoying my time at lost judgment i put about maybe eight hours into it so far and six of those hours uh, were in one day because i just kept playing yeah it was a ton of fun it was a ton of fun so uh uh it's it's one of those games i'm gonna be playing for quite a bit because from right here it's like a good like 20 to 30 hour game but you know with all the stuff that you can do in the game it's uh it's i'm playing for a lot of time for a long time it still it still has that yakuza mini games like mahjong and poker and all that oh yeah yeah i mean i don't know about poker i know it has mahjong i know it has like its own version of chess i'm not i forgot what it was called i think like it was i think shogi yeah shogi yeah it's like its own version of chess basically um Mm -hmm. and obviously like the sega you know arcade games has you know sonic oh yeah dude has sonic fighters in it and sonic fighters is dope man it's sonic fighters is so much fun how much these games have like even though they're they're so because again in japan you can go to actual arcades that have these like just so many dozens upon dozens of machines that are like uh, from old video games and old school just arcade machines so it's nice that you get to explore those through a video game you know the closest Mm -hmm. we can get to like being on the streets of japan from the comfort of your own home you know the closest i because unless you're playing shenmue and that and shenmue is not even like that it's not not being japan but it is close to more you know asian culture and you experiencing it through a video game again the yakuza franchise being set in japan is a bit more it exaggerates a lot of stuff obviously you know like the yakuza and how you know nefarious their deals are and whatnot when in reality you know it's different but it's so nice that you get to experience these old fighting games what's uh What's the fighting game that uh, the king is it the king of fighters? Virtual Fighter. Virtual Fighter, dude! Oh my god, that game! I got so wrapped up in it, in so many past Jakuza games. It's so hard when you get like closer to the to the last few uh, fighters when you're doing the ladder or the the ten round beat them. It's it's so much fun, but it's so hard, and I love it because it's the old school hard that's so fun. Um, but in terms of, of the more recent titles, I don't, I try to not stay away from mini games because being a completionist, I, 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 I stopped trying to complete a Yakuza. The only Yakuza game that I completed quote unquote, and I just, I got the platinum for, uh, was Yakuza seven, like a dragon. Hey, wait a, what? wait a what? minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who, who, who just, who just entered the, into the voice chat? Stop the cap. Who hey, that man. be? Who that be? Oh, hey, look at him. Let me, let me just, let me just apologize really quickly. Um. So okay, this is what happened. What's up? This is what happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, right, I mean, we, so we would explain I, what happened, but, you know, you can give your side of the story, too. No, no, no. Those are lies. <laughs> Those are lies and accusations <laughs> that, have, that have no basis of truth, okay? 
<laughs> so let's okay. set the record straight right there. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys said, but let me tell you right there, that's cap. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. Seriously, like it's or two days in a row at ten, and then today, <laughs> uh, my alarm actually went off at ten, and then I looked at my phone and I was like, why, why do I have to wake up at ten today? And then it didn't register with me that it was the fucking podcast, that's why. And then I looked at my phone, and I said snooze, all right. And went back to bed, so. Damn. So that's my bad. That's my bad. Damn. Man, we, we legit, I legit got worried. Like, we, we got worried from it, because since Thursday, you hadn't responded. And we're like, wait a minute, this, you good? Oh, you thought you thought I got like gunned down in the street or something? <laughs> That's man. I know you got. Hey, man, it's Florida. I was classes. thinking you got eaten by an alligator or something. I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Them caveman. <laughs> no, but... honestly, I speak, speaking of speaking of Florida, man, I just saw I just saw this video. Of this uh, alligator climbing a fence, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that messed me up, man, for a week. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's why we're worried about you. See, that, to be honest, though, well, I think I believe. Uh, I think I believe like my story a little more, right? Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, the I'm snooze gonna... on the alarm clock is a little, t- uh, it's a little too typical. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> listen back to this podcast. And I bet it's gonna be some bullshit. <laughs> In any oh, case, man. man, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, what man. are you guys talking about? Um, well, we were just talking about Law's Judgment, real quick. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, then, um. Cool. Yeah, because I've been playing it and it's it's fantastic. But uh, we talked about OLED Switch. We talked about uh, Metroid Dread. Um, basically, we're kind of like in our you know what we were playing phase, and I was just finishing up Lost Judgment before Walt finished uh, finished up his thoughts, and then you get into what you've been playing. All right, did, yeah, did you guys yeah. talk about the the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm cackling over here, man. The the Nintendo Switch uh, expansion pass price? No, we did not. We no, did not. not. You guys, we should absolutely talk about. This. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well uh, finish, finish what you were saying. Then we yeah, can get to that. What, what, what I was saying is that I I only completed Yakuza Seven. I platinumed it because one of the the tro- one it didn't have a trophy that was tied to the completion list in game, which that's mm-hmm. what's al- always dreadful for me because it includes like beating uh, X amount of mahjong matches or winning X amount of of uh, yen in this match. Or learning doing this type of hand and poker or doing this in blackjack and it's so again it's possible I know that and and uh, bloody Knox in level one gaming he he's actually completed Yakuza games and he's learned to play mahjong and he's actually like completed these lists uh, but he is like on a whole different level of loving this franchise which I love it but I don't go that far in commitment uh, I want to have, have fun. My patience is only so much for those games uh, when it comes to, you know, like table games and whatnot. Uh, but with Lost Judgment, you know, being a, a bit more a shorter experience from the, uh, from w- what it sounds like, uh, I'm even more excited to get through Judgment and then Lost Judgment because, honestly, it's not going to be that long of a journey, but it's going to be one that I can make it as long as I want and enjoy it. Cause with yeah, Yakuza exactly, games, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yakuza games usually they take, of course, a lot, and I mean just getting through the story because there's so many cutscenes, and I don't, I don't hate that. I love that actually. Well, but, I mean, I mean, get your popcorn out for this one too. You're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be getting, hey man, through, I'm you're gonna get through some cutscenes. I'm for it, bro. And and with this, with the PS5, those cutscenes look extra crispy, extra beautiful. Yeah, um, the character models do look really like they look leagues and. 
it bounds better than what you got we saw in the PS4 version. Yeah, man, absolutely. And like, I mean, PS5 it leaps and bounds. It's so it's so it's so great. I'm I'm glad I'm glad we got it. I, again, you can wait. You can still wait. You don't have to get it. But if you had the chance to spend that five. 500 go for it because it's it's a fantastic console but yeah man that for lost judgment i can't wait to get my hands on it i'm glad you got to finally get your knuckles on some bullies uh, <laughs> yeah yeah yo. yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it's man. it's I'm, I'm excited that's it's kind of like i feel like that's my saturday routine a little bit it's like whenever we're doing beat the podcast exactly beat up some bullies after i play some 14 because like saturday is like that kind of day like i just want to chill out and uh get lost into lost judgment so but yeah heck yeah man but yeah what have you been playing jay um to kind of cap off our segment here um it's pretty much the same <laughs> i still haven't touched death loop which is funny oh Ooh, but yikes. yeah i think i think honestly i think it might be lost boys i think it might be just like lost in the wind just oh are you gonna I, put it down I I I, th- I haven't gone back to it in like two weeks, <laughs> so uh, I feel damn. like that that tells me all I need to know. I've been playing Kana and and Dishonored two more, so wow. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that definitely tells me all that I need to know. Um, yeah, I, just just no for whatever reason. Loop? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> just for whatever reason, I don't feel like motivation or like incentive to really like see it through. Like I honestly, I feel like. I feel like I mentioned this too in, in an earlier podcast, but I feel like uh, gameplay hour, like let's say five, feels really no different than gameplay hour like twenty, where I'm at with that game. Like I, I feel like I've I've done, like I've been there, done that. Like I've seen and I've done everything, um, you know, gameplay wise. And there's nothing that's really switching it up or changing it. And um, and again, it's because you're you're going through the same levels over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Some of them change a little, like some new areas within those levels uh, will open up or they'll close dependent on, you know, the time of day. But they're still relatively the same places. So it's like the more that you go through them, the more tired that they kind of become, right? Because you're just kind of just, it's, I, I think even... Um, uh, Downey's review on, on Longnet, like the title of his review was like repetitive, uh, the joy of repetitiveness or something like that. Oh yeah. And, yeah. I did read that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling just purely repetitiveness. Yeah. So um, Returnal's yeah. great. What do you mean, man? Returnal. Returnal is a game that, that it, no, it's a different, it's different, but it's definitely a loop game, which is yeah. the point that Returnal, at least its formula and the way it tackles a death loop, because it does have a, a death loop, where, you know, it being you get, it, and it's tied to the lore just like death loop, but it, it, it does it in a way that's more, it, it works, you know, it hey, just man. works. Macho, th- th- this guy got jokes, man. He got I jokes. Think, I think hey, man. It's because he didn't beat it yet. That's why I scrub. Yeah, but, I'm si- but like, I, I, <laughs> I'm, just like, like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, like, well, to that point, I, I think yeah. I would feel the same way as I do yeah. with Deathloop about Returnal if I, and this this isn't a brag, or maybe it is actually, uh, <laughs> but but I only died seven times in, in Returnal. So if I died like, like 15 or like 20 times and I had to redo some of those levels over and over and over again, and 100% I think I would feel the same way, but the fact that, you know, I... 
I think the first level was really the place that I saw the most. I died there probably like three or four times. And after that, it right. was pretty much smooth sailing. Like, I was experiencing, like, level five and level six for the first time. Like, I didn't die in those places. Um, right. So, yeah. I guess yeah. I'm just so, I'm so conditioned by FromSoft to die and know the extent of my patience. So when I die in a video game, I already have, like, a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop playing now because I know if I keep playing, I'm going to hate this game for today. So, like... Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, it all, they all taught me how to like balance my my playtime in a game when I keep repeating and repeating and repeating. So with Returnal, although I've I've died I've died a couple times. I've died a, I've I haven't died as much with bosses, but I've died a lot in the general areas. Um, yeah, I died a lot in those areas too. It, it, it's hard. No, it is hard, and it it does get repetitive. But I, for me, it's it's fun enough and there's enough redeeming factors that i i don't mind the repetitiveness again See. with with dark souls and at least you no not even at least you don't have a a like good way or an easy way for you to like die and immediately get into the boss battle sometimes you have to go through a whole level again to just to get to the boss battle because the checkpoint was so far back and I'm just so conditioned by that. I love the series so much, and I know it's a fuck. It's some BS sometimes. I'm so conditioned there that when with when I play Returnal, I I, I guess I cut it some slack because I I didn't mind it as much. I don't know. See the key the key difference is is that the enemies in in those games are are challenging and it's fun to go through them and you know it always feels like they're pushing you. Yes. In, in like unexpected or they're making you kind of like. They, they keep you on your toes, and that's not the case with Deathloop at all. Once you get, like, you know, some decently, you know, like, even average weapons in that game, if you if you get your hands, like, on a, on a, a green gun or a blue gun, like, it doesn't right. even have to be the most rare uh, items in that game, and and you'll be set. Like, no one, no one really poses a threat in that game. Even the bosses, the, the quote-unquote bosses, don't even pose a threat. So that's that only adds to the repetitiveness because you, you feel like you're like almost like yeah going through the motions but like you don't you don't even break a sweat when you're going through these areas because you know you can just you can mess them up without even batting an eye so it's insane uh, how w what you're describing of your experience with Deathloop is like the epitome of what we've discussed previously in terms of like what makes a video game with like constant variables in it fun like Macho and I touched on how bosses in Metroid Dread feel larger than life and they feel like a boss and I was telling him how Gary Whitta mentioned how why are we still doing bosses in video games and why are we still like why isn't there like a different kind of challenge and I think that when bosses are done like that when they're larger than life Shadow of the Colossus when they're Returnal when they're, they're these entities that are just they rain upon everything else in the map or in the area that's when you know you have a good game but you, you talk about Deathloop and it's like it doesn't do that it's like, it doesn't feel, from the sounds of it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a boss, they're like a true boss. They're literally like regular, uh, and obviously they have personalities and they're actually characters, but like they, they're, they're this, they're the same as regular enemies in the in the sense of, if you walk behind them and stealth stab them, they'll die. If you just normally, you know, shoot them with a few headshots, they'll die. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing too special about them aside from one can make clones of themselves, 
uh, one contender invisible um, one is hiding in a recording studio you open the door come behind him and then you stab him and then that's it like they don't have a giant health bar they don't have stage like they're not in multi-stage fights they're they're really just like normal enemies with like little quirks and, and that's really about it um, but the last the last thing I'll say is that like I'm I'm playing Dishonored 2 right now and I'm, I'm still in like the first major level and I'm having way more fun in this like it's not even like the enemies are like really tough because I, I think I said this last podcast that I'm playing like a, a ghost run which is like specifically you can't kill anyone and you can't be detected. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, where the difficulty lies is you trying to get through these large labyrinthian sort of levels without being detected. And it's tough because, you know, there's so many guards, uh, they can spot you really, really easily. Um, and I don't know, trying, it's like a, it's like a little puzzle trying to figure out, okay, where should I go? Um, do I, can I risk knocking out this guard? Will that other guard, you know, see me? Um, where should I hide the bodies? Like it's all these things you ha- that you have to think about, and I don't know. I really enjoy putting that puzzle together, and you know, just the stealth in in Deathloop is nowhere near as deep and exciting and fun to figure out as it is in Dishonored 2. Um, but yeah, that's that's the last thing I'll say about that. Um, that's pretty much all I've I've been playing. Nice, nice. Okay, cool, cool. Well, that, well then we get as as Soul will say. We'll get into the podcast proper. So, um, what we had on deck, what were you going to say? Hold on, you guys just started the podcast? (laughs) Well, we we talked about OLED Switch and all that stuff, so that that was kind of like bleeding into the topics. Um, The only other topic that we had, honestly, that we were thinking about talking about was DC Fandom, but if you have anything else in mind, yeah, we can either get into DC Fandom or or whatever you you have. I mean, no. nah, I, I only had, because uh, obviously we had different plans today, but uh, we, I mean, the only other thing that really happened was the the online expansion pack. Yeah, let's get it. So, uh, so you want to start, you want to kick it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so this comes from Polygon. Um, trying to see where, okay, so... The Nintendo Switch Online, the service that lets Switch owners play multiplayer games online and offers access to a library of classic NES and Super NES games. Uh, It was revealed that the Online Plus Expansion Pack, which Nintendo announced in September, will cost $50 for an individual membership and $80 for a family membership uh, for a year. And Nintendo's launching this in October 25th. So... Comparing this to the standard Nintendo online subscription, uh, that costs $20 for a year, and then the family pack is $35 for a year. So, uh, (laughs) it was funny to me because I was listening. There's one, I'm not going to name the podcast, but there was one, uh, you know, they they try to hide it, but they're definitely a a Nintendo podcast. Um, they, (laughs) They were saying, well, well, you know, if it's just like a five dollar or even like a ten dollar price increase, then, uh, then you know I'll be okay with it, and I, I think people will be okay with it too. Now to find out, this thing's a thirty dollar increase, God, man. Damn, <laughs> it's a thirty dollar increase to pay uh, to play old ass games. Yeah, that that's my that's that's my biggest thing, man. Is that like, yeah, cool. It's it's cool seeing these games included in this in this service and whatever but there are better versions of these games out there like ocarina just got a remake um 
Right, and and you know, there's other games that have received remasters or even fully blown uh, remakes. So it's like, I I really don't understand why you would go back to pay thirty dollars more to play probably the worst versions of these games as they exist right now. That's arguable to to some people for sure. You know, I know there's people that like, you know. I guess the old original forms of these games, but I don't know. That, that's that's my biggest thought. Is like you're paying more to play uh, a lesser version of these games when there's arguably better versions out there. Yeah, I mean, in, including including like the uh, the Castlevania collection. I think on that N64 or Genesis like lineup of games, like Castlevania. Which one was it? It was Castlevania Bloodlines. That's what it was. And I have no idea what kind of version they're using. If it's actually like the anniversary collection or anything like that, or or the uh, Requiem of the Night or something like that, whatever that collection is, I have no idea. But I, all I know is that whenever you go into the like the SNES app on Nintendo Switch, you are able to like hold, like basically halt halt the game and pause it and save where you are to come back to it later. So there are the convenient features to it. But to your point, yeah, it's essentially versions of games that are, you know, there, there are better versions out there to play. Yeah. It's like people that, again, everyone has their preferences. But I, I, I don't know how, unless you're literally reliving the past, it's like playing the original Resident Evil over the remake. Like, the remake is so polished. It's so, it plays so well. The, the the environments are so well constructed, so well remade, and you can pick between, and here's the magic, you can pick between tank or not tank controls, because let's face it, I don't know y'all, but I do not, I do not like tank controls. When you give me the option of playing the, the alternative, I'm all for it, and I know that accessibility is huge for people, but then you have the side that's more elitist more no you have to be pure with the game you have to leave it in its essence and i don't know if this is more gears toward like purist nintendo purist which again i don't i don't know why you would play it again like jay mentioned a lesser version of a video game but again it's lesser for us but maybe there's someone that considers it the true way i don't know it's like playing uh it's like imagine it much if you didn't have that save feature like you wouldn't be having as much fun as you're having probably because it's it'd be more chance. No, it'd it's more it's it's abs- I would not be finishing Castlevania games if it didn't have the quick save. That's that's a fact. Yeah, <laughs> this and game that, and, this game and, will make you backtrack, and it's and the, like I told you before, Castlevania three like the the difficulty spike and like the last third of the game is nuts, and I would not be completing the, the stages if, I, if it wasn't for quick save feature. And and that's the thing, right? Like you don't want to you want to enjoy the game and when they give you options but they can go for it and like to jay's point uh, one of the games that's included in this past ocarina of time do you have what i would how many say that chrono trigger for ds is the like definitive edition to experience chrono trigger i think ocarina of time on ds that's like that's it that is the way to play it i mean that's like the the most optimal way of playing ocarina of time again you can play it on the OG console, you can play it on this one and this one, but why? And the problem is not that you have the option; it's the pricing. Like, how expensive was it to bring these games to the Switch? 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, we have we have we have certain check marked uh blue check marks on Twitter breaking down how much you'd be paying per month for a family plan. I'm like, dude, I don't care. At the end, at the end, at the end of the day, they're not they're not enhancing the experience of the online by any sort of margin to warrant you paying an extra extra money for it. You're basically yeah. def- it's it's honestly it's it's kind of sad to see that kind of defense. I mean, like if you you were paying two dollars x a month to or probable for like these amount of games, I'm like, okay, what about voice chat? What about basic friendship what about requests? Good internet. What about actually good servers? Yeah, you know? like they just upgraded from Windows ninety four. Windows ninety four, yeah. <laughs> like come <laughs> on, dude. Like it's not that dude, hard to figure out. Playing yeah. an online Mario Kart match in a Switch? Nah. Yeah. You know how many disconnecting problems you have? Like how many times you disconnect from the damn match? Dude, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. I mean it's I mean insane. next next week we're gonna we're gonna actually have someone on the podcast that that's a Smash Bros. player that can talk to more of like the online feature stuff like that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even when it, to that point with Smash Brothers, don't even think about going online. Bro, like, no, it's horrible. I did it once it's and absolutely I regret horrible. It. No, it's it's abysmal. It's abysmal. Yeah, and, so and it's then, it's I, weird. It's weird how people are kind of like the, justifying this the, the price nah, of it. Oh man, here's the thing. I love PlayStation. I love it. I love the games. I love it. I don't love them. Because I don't know them. I know the company, but I love the product. And I, but I, I can't in good faith justify and, and say that they're save, they're, they're cross save, you know, a multi generational save feature is better than Xbox. That's not the fact. In PlayStation, you have to go to your cloud, download the data, install the data, and then load it up into the game. And sometimes you have to go into the PS4 load up and download that data there and then download it on the ps5 what do you do with xbox with a smart delivery you finish on the xbox one buy yourself a series x and you start you keep going where you left off you know there's there's certain things that i i can in good faith say that playstation does better than the other one so like why is it like that for nintendo sometimes and i get this is for every fandom you get that group of people that are just like defending it the the something that doesn't merit defending you know yeah this it, is just playing rip insane. off honestly yeah no like the fanboy slash girl like mentality it it truly exceeds especially on twitter <laughs> a lot of clowning a lot of clowning my guy yeah i i see like people rightfully so are calling them out for this which you know they, they deserve yeah they should and uh, it's it's just funny to me because we kind of saw something like this happen with with xbox when they tried to double the price of Xbox Live. Of they, immediately, light, yeah. they immediately backtracked literally within the same day. I don't think Nintendo's going to backtrack on this ah, at all. Because no. people, already have, people are yeah. going to buy this. People are already... Ah. The, the uh, what was it? The Genesis and N64 controllers that they're pricing at $50 each? That's already sold yeah. out. Those are already yeah. sold out. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You like, can't get them. Look at what Skyward Sword. Like, people bash that, that shit to the ground. They said, "Oh my God, the worst Zelda! Oh, the worst Zelda! Oh, it's coming! It's why they, and it's uh, sixty dollars full price. That was sold out. Pre-orders were sold out. The controllers were nowhere to be found. Like, it, it's such an interesting fandom because it's like they're so obvious, you know? Yeah. Like, I, 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 it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I don't know." Yeah, I, I mean, have, I, I have a fun time. Again, I get, I know it's it's kind of a little. Um, 
contradictory of me to kind of bash Nintendo after just buying this OLED Switch. The OLED? Oh, man. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I as I talked about it before, that I, I it's a justified purchase for me, for sure. It's fantastic. But something like yeah. this where it just is so blatant, like they're you can they're not even improving like their online service. And it looks like they have no intention to. So why should we give them more money? That's ridiculous to me. It's insane. Yeah. It's um and the funny thing is is that it's it's uh now it's put them in the place where this specific uh package is ten dollars more than the competition than both PS plus and Xbox Live for uh for a year. So that's also a really weird move that you're coming out with a new sort of subscription thing that is more expensive and um yeah that people are seem to be a little bit more happy with you know versus this so i don't know it's it's yeah. it's really they capitalized really nostalgia that's like their big marketing in the past couple of years it's just nostalgia like that's all that's our big factor that's all the shady uh, whenever we criticize their their moves market wise and like promotion wise and just product wise, you always see that the big factor in it it's nostalgia. Look at the the Super Mario collection. It was only being sold for a specific amount of time, but what games did it contain? It contained old games. It contained old school games. More more Wii uh, Wii centric games and GameCube centric game like. And people love it because it's it reminds them of a time where they probably have good memories of, and what do you call that? You know, nostalgia. They they remind us reminds them of the past, and I think Nintendo they they know how to do it. I, I give them props. They know how to capitalize nostalgia, but golly, it, it's like what do you call a? Uh, it's like Thanos. Like at what cost? You know, or like Gamora. At what mm-hmm. cost, man? Like, come on, what did it cost? Everything. Oh, nostalgia. Everything. <laughs> but yes, yes. Uh, my boy Macho got that OLED. It justifies his personal needs, and that's what matters. As long mm-hmm. as it as it justifies your personal needs, we're good. But it doesn't stop us from clowning on these companies. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe Jay will get a switch now. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, for that Metroid Dread, man, that's <laughs> that's a worthy purchase. True. No. I agree. Um. I'm reading. I'm reading Reddit right now, and uh, people are saying uh, almost PS Plus prices without any of the perks. One one person said, um, "Yeah, I'm just trying to see like other ones." Yeah, people people are just pissed. <laughs> people are just pissed. Of course they are. Of course yeah. they are. Like they're, they're bitter. <laughs> they're bitter, but at the same time, they keep buying. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. That's that's the unfortunate thing is that Nintendo's reach goes, like, not only so far, but it's so it's so like this, like rooted in nostalgia as well for people, that like things things like this. I mean, we saw you brought up you know the Zelda thing, and then we saw it with Pokemon, uh, we saw it with various other things that like something, you know, to us or like the general gaming populace looks at and kind of goes oh, that's pretty shitty but mm-hmm. it's still it still ends up being you know sold out or like number two on mpd or whatever so i expect the yeah. same thing to happen with this no, yeah absolutely yeah pretty much pretty much um 
yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much all that we have to say uh, regarding that. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, again, <laughs> which is which is funny if if uh, you know PlayStation and, and Xbox tried this, man, they would be like burned. <laughs> they would be raked over the goddamn coals, man. So uh, so it's it's it, it feels good, man. It, it feels like it's, it feels like everything is in order. Seeing seeing uh, Nintendo catch some of this heat too, you know. Yeah, again, um, we'll see if they actually change that. I don't know. They're pretty, they're pretty rigid. I don't think they will. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, if we thought PlayStation would have, like, how we compared, you know, uh, the origins of PlayStation being more the, the culture in, in Japan and how, like, the, the business mentality is so different from the West and how Xbox and PlayStation are night and day and certain things, Nintendo is so, 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 like ingrained and like you know the japanese business culture and whatnot that for them to like budge in a decision it's harder i think it's harder there than it is in playstation which i think is why like sometimes nintendo like certain decisions the the fandom can be like no but wait change it they're like all right no game for you then no no wait i want the game all right here you go it's still 60 dollars, by the way and they're like ah dang it okay you know i gosh darn it oh well you know but hey uh, Jay's gonna get that OLED. <laughs> you wish, man. Hey, man, play that. We gotta play some Smash Online, bro. Yeah, no, tell me about it. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that for next week for sure. But um, yeah, if you, if you guys has, has, has that's all you guys want to say, we can move on to the final topic, I guess. Um, did you uh, really quickly? Did you guys see uh, what's it called? Um, the playstation japan uh play 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 live stream i did not but i did see a screen i did see a tweet rather that there are only two screenshots of elden ring yeah yeah there was two new screenshots something something that looked like uh uh elden ring's version of the uh the lanterns or the bonfires um so walt you should definitely check that out oh i'm, I'm looking that up as we speak right now was there anything yeah was there anything new that came from that play 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 other than that uh, I'm I'm sure like uh, some details when you know the streamers were talking about the games uh, with some of the because there was also um, what's it called uh, Dragon Quest Ten offline uh, yeah. yeah offline was like shown there the gameplay was revealed for the first time um, so you. obviously yeah that that was uh, that was something there <laughs> that happened mm -hmm. uh, but the like Horizon was also like at the show, but I don't I don't think anything like really new uh, came from it. So, oh, I'm looking at the pictures right now for Elden Ring, and it's the one where he's riding the horse, and there's like a flying demon, and and then the one with the bonfire, their version of the bonfire. Uh, which in this in this case, I don't know the name of the bonfire, but I know that instead of Ashen One or Hunter, it's a the Tarnished or something like that. So, I don't yeah. know what what the thing... It, it's lighting up. It'll definitely be a safe haven, but, hey, it's good to see some more Elden Ring. I, I love... After after years of just nothing, <laughs> I'm glad that we're finally get getting things, you know? Yeah, I was kind of hoping for some gameplay, honestly. Yeah. Nah. But was, I guess I was hoping too much. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't. You're definitely hoping a little bit too much, especially with uh with this uh, yeah especially the game releasing like, in three months right 
Hey man, they at least <laughs> they already got uh, previews. Uh, journalists already got to see the game, so it's real. So I'm, don't I'm, deny that. I'm not journalist. Yeah, I'm not journalist. I want gameplay. Hey, gameplay. We'll, we'll get it, man. <laughs> let, let let Miyazaki do his thing, man. Let him get true, it. true, true, true. Um, Miyazaki and George. But yeah, so uh, what what's what was the the last thing you wanted to talk about? The last topic was DC fandom. Uh, I wanted to get some people's predictions for what could be announced uh, gameplay wise. Uh, Ed Boon's supposed to make an appearance there as well. On top of you know the announcements regarding uh, Suicide Squad, that's what it is, Kill the Justice League, and Gotham Knights, which is a game I'm heavily anticipating. I've always wanted a Bat Family video game, especially after the success of the Batman Arkham Trilogy, and as well as Origins. And I want to get like some of your predictions, what you think is going to show up there, what surprises. Um, if you guys are DC fans, if there's anything maybe you're looking forward to, maybe just like with the new Batman movie, um, just something a little different for DualShock and Sense here. But uh, let me know what you guys think. So what's do you have any predictions or something you're looking forward to? Uh, I, I have no dog in this race man i i did i have i've never played any of the arkham games what um, wow yeah, never, really never, yeah i never played any of them um in terms of batman i'm like not the most like familiar with it like i got um like obviously i watched the the nolan films and that's pretty much it i'm i'm way more i i can't even say that i'm more into the spider-man because i didn't watch any of the amazing movies or the Tom Holland stuff either, so um Only Sam Raimi? Yeah, only Sam Raimi. I mean um, wow. it's gold. Yeah, so I, I don't really have a dog in this race, but obviously, yeah, we'll probably see Injustice Three. Um and then aside from that, uh Kill the Justice League. I I don't know man. I'm 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 kinda disappointed that, that game took uh it's it's more like a multiplayer kind of thing. Same, um, yeah. I really, yeah. I really hate that they gave Harley uh, Leia buns. Really, I kind of like her. Yeah, I, I, the Leia buns just—they don't tickle my fancy. I, they just don't tickle that fancy. Uh, and you know, you know what, you know what does tickle my fancy? Huh. See, see, Selena Kyle, man. Yo, hey, yo, <laughs> yo. Hey, yo. Got leather, huh? Someone's like, yo, she's a perfect, she's a perfect uh, cat woman because she already stole my heart. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, they, they, that's a right kind of casting right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's all. That's all I got to say about it. All right. Well, what about you, man? Listen, man. Uh, with with both of these games what I they both deliver very different things when they were first announced uh, with Suicide Squad I'm interested to just seeing gameplay I just want to see how this game looks more in depth and more like what doesn't and why why do I want to play this game you know why what's going to be the hook that's what I want to figure out and with Gotham Knights it's just what I saw it looked good but it wasn't enough to catch my attention and we only got i think we only got to see uh batgirl and i think it was nightwing we didn't get to see everyone uh no we in the trailer you got to see just about everybody we, yeah you got you got but, to see just but, about we everybody. Did, but they did a whole mission with mr freeze with just two of them with which again 
that is the idea of the game, which is only a, a co-op game where you can choose between like uh, these four individuals. Um, am I crazy about it? No, but I'm 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 keeping my eye on it. You know, it's it's interesting enough where I where I actually like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of it and having a reason to purchase it and like. Hey, maybe we, we get into some co-op, you know, Macho? I don't know. Maybe we... Oh, hell yeah. We get, yeah. We get into some, some shenanigans in the Batverse. Um, with the more recent po- rising popularity with the Batman Who Laughs, it would be insane if they made an event in these games or, like, a stage in this game, in these games where you fight the Batman Who Laughs. That would be insane. Um, I don't know what these games are going to be rated. Have they been rated? I don't know. I don't think so. If they're going to bring the Batman Who Laughs, that has to be an M-rated game because it's it's a how do you do how do you include this thing without with it being like T, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if if they're gonna include the Batman Who Laughs, that that seems like its own thing, like Like, its own event, like yeah, like or even like its own centerpiece of a game, honestly. Kind of like how Arkham Knight really centered around. Yes. You know, the the fact that yeah. it's... Know, I'm not going to spoil it because she hasn't played them yet. But um, it's 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 really like its own event, you know what I mean? Like as far as like yeah, that reveal. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, yeah, that's a good point. I think yeah. that if, if if they were to make another you know, Arkham something, uh, or just another Batman-centered universe, uh, universe game, uh, Batman Who Laughs would definitely be a, a fantastic center piece in in that storyline or plot. But in this case, I just, I'm honestly, I want more information. I just want more information. Is there a progression? How does it look? Am I incentivized? Are there gonna be microtransactions? Are there gonna be fucking boosters or some shit? Is there gonna be leveling <laughs> up? Is there gonna be, is it gonna be Injustice 2 situation where you get more gear and the gear's tied to your level, like Destiny, you know? Like, what, what's it gonna be? Huh? Am I gonna customize my boy? Can I make Shark King uh, look like uh, a maniac, you know, like oh, yeah, I don't know. Yes, yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. That's what I was thinking before too. Where Soul touched on before, like yeah, it's like it's a little disappointing when multiplayer route because I was disappointed yeah. too just to hear that. And on top of that, like a game like this, like the characters, what I'm gonna be tied to, and obviously Harley Quinn's one of my favorite fictional characters in the DC universe, but her design, sure. I'm just not feeling at all. <laughs> so I feel disconnected in that way. We're like. And it's really because of the, the Leia buns, man. Like, they, just, they look so goofy. I don't like hey, it. Man. Maybe she takes them off. I don't know. Maybe she, <laughs> I don't know, man. Does, but, maybe you can get her different hairstyles, you know? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll f- hopefully we'll find out today. But um, in that case, yeah. yeah. I mean, King Shark looks uh, he looks too skinny. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, after seeing, it's kind the of movie, weird. <laughs> after seeing the movie, it's like, I want that chunky boy. Yeah, like yeah, like he's you know? like he's a freaking shark. Like I get, like he's like you know, I don't know if he's like part man or I don't, I don't know the lore no, no, behind it. No, I think it. he's like he's like a demigod or something. He's like he's like a, a very like up there being. Like, yeah, because his body in the game is like it's like he's a muscular dude, but like he looks like like he's like half human. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it looks more like like not the the uh, fish version of a furry than than like an actual like shark like on legs you know yeah yeah but but yeah 
in in terms of uh, interesting, you know, the <laughs> I like how you went. You don't like Blaya Buns, and Jay likes it. Like, do y'all have like a favorite version of Harley? Because we've had like a couple. Uh, oof, man. Um, that's a tough one. It is. There's a lot of them. Yeah, because there's a lot of like great ones. Not really one like I and like intrinsically prefer. Because all of them I really liked, honestly. I liked like the Jester or you know the Harlequin Harley. Um, obviously, because that's like the the Batman animated show. That's like you know. Yeah, that's the where OG she, where she yeah that's where she where was she born from. essentially yeah, yeah that's where she was born um and then obviously margot robbie was like a dream come true casting for me amen because as soon as i saw her in wolf of wall street and she was pulling off her her i think it was a brooklyn accent if i'm not mistaken um mm-hmm. she I, like i immediately just thought of like oh my god like she's the perfect harley quinn if they ever casted her for that and she was because she got casted and she was phenomenal and any Harley Quinn movie that she was in, whether it be Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad, or The Suicide Squad, she was great in every one of them. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then, um, obviously, Tara Strong, the... right? Tara Strong yeah, is... Yeah, that one. In, in, the, in the Batman Arkham trilogy, you know, with her in the nurse outfit, and eventually she got the more hardcore outfit in, in Arkham City. Ooh. And then, yeah, and even, I think, was she in Arkham Knight? Um, I think she was. I can't remember. Was was no uh which i think because i think because i think she was i think she was she was in one of the dlcs i remember that where she got more of like a hardcore edge to her there is a dlc where you get to use her yeah yeah there is that too yeah so yeah 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 so it's Um, not one like i really like prefer like honestly because even the kaylee kuoko version of harley quinn and and her own tv show that one's really good yeah she that's a great harley yeah completely unfiltered yeah she's she's hilarious but but yeah this okay. one this one's just not doing for me as far as like design it looks it looks really weird i'm not really big on it hey amen i mean maybe today they'll they'll convince you otherwise i don't know yeah yeah but i mean yeah as far as that yeah kill the justice league the suicide squad game we'll see what comes from that but yeah the bat family is they're they're, they're coming in full force that first trailer that came out i think it was last year if i'm not mistaken that yeah, just basically yeah, it was just basically like Bruce Wayne coming on the intercom and basically like announcing that that he's dead and like if you see this message because I'm dead and like this is what Gotham is now in your hands now. Allegedly. And, yeah, you know, allegedly. But then you see like the entire like Batfin like ready to gear up yes, and like, sir. all right, it's our time now. Like that's like that was awesome. That was a such a great reveal trailer. Cause it's a feat, right? It's how how do you take up the challenge you know it's like you're maybe you won't surpass this this man but you need all four of you to even do a fraction of what he used to do you know yeah so it's incredible i can't wait i i want to see more of it i want to i want to see more of the villains because that's that's something with with superhero centric just mediums villains are a huge part of it of course i mean hero villain that's like the whole point so like I I really want to see more like we saw Mr. Freeze. I want to see like maybe other other missions where you tackle more major villains or even just small scale small scale villains. Um, I don't know what the center point of this video game will be. I don't know if they mentioned like what the whole plot line how it's gonna be moved. I know it's just chaos in Gotham, but I don't I'm not sure where they're going with it. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to get like a nice, um, a nice gameplay preview 
um, more extended look at like how the game's been updated because it was originally supposed to come out this year, and it actually got pushed back so um, to 2022. So we're I expect like a release date, you know, for both of the games. I think what was it? Suicide Squad was planned for 2023. I think they said in the initial trailer. God I damn. So. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God they, damn, indeed. Yeah, they, they announced it pretty early because Roxy's been dormant for a long time. Yeah. Roxas? No, Rocksteady. Rocksteady. Rock oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Get your ears cleaned out, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, man. We talk about fucking Roxas. <laughs> no, nah, it's okay. I know, I know my lore. I know my lore. I'm not confused. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, we'll see what comes out of it, man. I, I've been excited for DC fandom for quite quite a while now, ever since they, they said they're going to do it again. Um, they did some great reveals last time, so I'm looking forward to see what they have here, which actually is starting right now. So um, this is, we're going to end the podcast, guys, so it's great. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look at him. Take it. Take it charge, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that was, that was kind of it, what I have for DC fandom. Um, we'll see what comes out of it today. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't really have anything else to 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 add. Although I will say that because uh, Wall asked, you know, what our our favorite uh, what's the, what's the word uh, uh, versions of of Harley? Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a word for that. It starts with an I. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of it. I was gonna go yeah. somewhere else, but whatever. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. versions, mm. versions. Of, no, it's not. It's not. No, no, no. It's not. It's not like that. Uh, we needed late night souls for him to answer that one. <laughs> oh man, get, get that mine out of the gutter, boy. Yo, hey man, yo, I want to apologize to, to to Harley Quinn, man. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna say anything like that. You know, these two over here. On the other hand, you know, they Jeez. were. They were taking it. They were taking it. You know, in a direction I didn't want it to go. Exactly. Uh, uh, but anyway, Wait, who uh, said that, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? Congratulations, you played yourself, man. You played yourself. Wait, who said that? Uh, uh, but the version of of Harley from the Harley Quinn animated uh, series, uh, with her and and Poison Ivy. That yeah, really, the Kid really Cuoco one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that show's really, really funny, uh, and uh, yeah, I really like her version a lot. Yeah, it's a complete hey. raunchy version of Harley Quinn. It's it's kind of hilarious, honestly, in all yeah, sense. It's, yeah, it's funny. And it feels so grounded. It feels I love it when when you get to see villains in like their not not natural habitat, but just like their day to day lives. You yeah, know? exactly. Just getting ready for the day. Like, what how what do they eat? Where do they do they buy groceries? How do they get their clothing? You know, like all this, these mundane things of a villain. Because you usually see them in just just plotting, uh-huh, rubbing them hands like Birdman. You know, like what are we gonna do today? Like, I mean, th- I mean, that's that's sort of Harley Quinn because like Ed, like ever since like she ended things with the Joker in that show, her entire like season one I think a plot was it just her like how am I gonna become like the best bad guy? And it's yeah. it, it eventually boils down to them just just doing like random stuff every episode, just trying to get noticed for these ragtag group of nobodies, and it's end up being hilarious every time. Yeah, yeah, love it, fucking love it. Yeah. So like, yeah, that- hopefully you get season three actually, because I think it ended with season two, so far. Yeah, I hope so too. But um, yeah, that that uh, I guess that does it for DC fandom. Uh, we'll see shortly what they have in store for us um but yeah that's yes, pretty much going to do it for the podcast um yeah so originally 
uh, before I had my, uh, let, let's call it an accident, before I had my accident. <laughs> yeah, uh, we call it that too, actually. What's going on here, man? Um, we, we were planning to do uh, a show centered around PlayStation All-Stars, kind of like putting together our individual uh, lists of 16 characters that need to be in the sequel. Uh, we will do that in a subsequent podcast hopefully uh it seems like we're we're still kind of like in that low period of of uh, gaming i expect that to probably happen until we get closer to the game awards so probably like november i i would assume is when we start seeing some interesting things happening around the industry um mm-hmm. and then december is obviously the game awards but um which question yeah. jay Go ahead. uh are we doing anything for that? Are we we gonna watch that? We're gonna just talk about it. Anything planned for that? Oof, that's a that's a three hour show, man. Yeah, hey, I, don't know about, I don't know about that one, man. Jeff Keighley likes <laughs> he likes his long shows. He likes to talk, I know. Yeah, plus we probably can't even stream that because you know any copyright music. Yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, that's right. That is right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So we yeah we were planning to do that this podcast but we'll we'll definitely do it in in, in another podcast for sure mm-hmm. um but uh yeah that's pretty much it for for this for this uh this week's podcast uh, i want to thank you guys for for listening uh don't forget to like comment and subscribe uh we greatly appreciate that we're gonna get started with these outros before we head out uh so masha why don't you kick things off for us man yeah man yeah so it's a good podcast uh thank you for jumping in jay um i was honestly getting i was getting a little winded honestly because <laughs> you know, i'm trying to actually concentrate on 14 and uh and do everything but yeah man uh it's tough, man. yeah yeah he's definitely has split your mind here but um yeah good great podcast great topics i'm looking forward to dc fandom and just keep playing uh J- lost judgment and uh Scarnex on PS5 and Metroid Dread, man. It's been it's been a fun, varied gaming week, so I'm looking forward to continue that to this weekend. Um, and yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed my the gameplay I've been for Fabi's 14 here. Uh, <laughs> just this was, I don't need to advertise it because you already get a full advertisement for the past hour, the past two hours. So you're welcome. I know that yes, my my biggest regret uh, today missing the podcast isn't even necessarily like missing the podcast it's the fact that you got to advertise ff14 so much today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the entire the entire uh, entire time here which yeah, is great yeah i'm gonna be laying awake at night thinking about that great because i want you to also <laughs> think about this like this quick message too just in case you haven't heard of the oh, critically acclaimed man. mmorpg final fantasy 14's been an expanded free trial and Cruz of Roma Born. You guys already know the words, so come on now. It's been it's been some time here. Free? You should you should go ahead and you should go ahead and get that tattooed on yourself, man. Since you like to say it so much. <laughs> Even better, I got a tattoo on the cup. Oh, <laughs> it's always with me. But now nah, it's, it's been it's been a fun podcast, man. Catch you guys you next week. Sleep, you go to sleep with that cup next to you too? A little bit. Wait, who said that? <laughs> I hope I hope I hope your girl I hope your girl heard that. I sure do know. Every time I was like, "Have you heard, babe?" The, the recently experience, she's like, "Ah, oh, stop oh, it." Oh <laughs> man. Uh, but yeah, whoa. What about you, man? What's going on? Hey, man. This this was fun. We I I legit was getting worried. You know, I'm glad you jumped in uh, and gave some some talking points because it's always great to have everyone's input. Uh, we, uh, I'll, I'll tell them there at the, at the club that, uh, you, you arrived well and, and that 
uh, you didn't stay by the trash bags, laying there, you know, just sleeping. Is this is um, this the is this the propaganda you guys were spreading? No, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say anything like that. Who oh, said that? Man. Yeah, I didn't uh, say that. What? Oh man. But uh, hey, man, gonna gonna get my hands on that Metroid Dread. Gonna get through it. It's having a blast. Um, gonna be playing more. I want to play more. I want to play more. I'm gonna be playing more. I finally am. I'm have a schedule. I'm sticking to it. Just doing my thing. Um, but yeah, man, more more Switch time, more PlayStation, more uh, what do you call it? God dang it, more judgment. Yes, more judgment on the PlayStation because I want to get my hands on that lost judgment. But also, it's a fun time. But yeah, good podcast, good topics, fun all around. Uh, it, it, we started with that smoke. We end it with that great ember. You know what I mean? Exactly. The yep. Nice, nice yep. little cinder. Yeah. Uh, and Jay came in just in time to inhale a little bit of the smoke so he could help filter it. Oh, yeah, Jay, by the way, I got uh, Alexis texted me. She said to get tested. Yeah, Alexis texted. Yeah. Oh, my God. She texted me. She said she said get uh, tested. Yeah. Just saying. I leave, I, li- uh, I leave a podcast for a few hours, and this is the respect I get. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, we didn't tell you to oversleep. <laughs> very true, very true. But, yeah, man, good uh, stuff, good stuff. What about you, Jay? To be fair, I, I, I watched I watched the lamb last night, so give me give me give me some credit. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, pr- probably not much for me this week. Uh, I definitely probably gonna work on finishing Kena. Um, just really taking my time with that one because it's it's a lot of fun. Unlike unlike some other games. So, uh, mm. Um, mm. but uh, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it for me. Uh, same old, same old. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I will, I will say, I will say, just a quick, uh, quick update for our viewers here. All, all three of you, we love you. <laughs> but uh, next, next week we're gonna actually have a guest on the podcast. Um, one of my good friends. He's a, he's a avid Smash, Smash Bros. player. So when Sora comes out, uh, we'll bring him on, have his thoughts on Smash Bros. and you know, future of the franchise, stuff like that. So definitely tune in. It's gonna be a lot of fun. He's, he's a great guy and. Um, He's been playing Smash Bros. for a long time, so I'm um, interested to see his take on, on the competitive scene and everything like that. So it'll be a fun one next week, so join in. Cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get, you, uh, get you guys that next week. And, uh, yeah, for right now, we're going to end the show. Once again, thank you guys for, for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. All right. Um, yeah, hello, Alexis. Uh, yeah, he's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>